For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Starting her ninth over, Cam smashes her to the onside and into the gap between mid-wicket and mid-on to the fence for four. Two runs needed. Five balls remain. Pole position, South Africa now. Bowls and it's uh, head away into the cover region. They'll set off and they will get home. South Africa win. South Africa win by two wickets. Kaka found a way to gap it between extra cover and mid-off. They sprinted. They get home. And the throw is late. Marazan Cap drops to a knee. Delighted that her side has remained perfect at this ICC Women's World Cup. South Africa have successfully chased down 229 to beat New Zealand by two wickets in Hamilton. Match number 16 was a beauty. It is 27 away from 10 here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy uh, as he is on World Cup duty. Another man on World Cup duty is Jacob Oram, the bowling coach for the White Ferns. G'day, Jacob. How are you doing? I'm great, and thank you for replaying those highlights. It makes me feel better. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, mate. I can imagine. Um, what was the what was the conversation in the dressing room uh, last night after after that final uh, over? Uh, look, there wasn't a lot of conversation. Uh, I mean, as you can imagine, it was pretty flat. I mean, we are even before last night's game. It was pretty close to must win, do or die stuff, and, and we didn't win. Um, so Sunday's game against England is almost like an eliminator, almost like a quarter final, really. Um, I know we've still got Pakistan next weekend, but but we just have to win it. Um, if we don't, it's pretty much us. But even if we do win, if we're, because of results, um, it may still not fall our way. So the whole dressing room realised we had let um, one, or I should say another one, slip. And... Um, it was pretty, pretty sombre, pretty flat. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. I, I, I want to ask you about, um, and obviously you're part of the coaching setup, but um, about mental skills coaching and how much of that goes on with the team. And the reason I ask that is, you know, leading into this, obviously looked like we were flying four uh, one against India, uh, thrashed Australia, even though they'd posted what three twenty odd, uh, and then we come in here. It, it feels like from the outside looking in that when the pressure is on, when the, the game means something, maybe we're not as mentally tough as we could be. So what happens within the team environment on the mental skills coaching side of things? Well, I mean, that's run individually through. I mean, you can't, with something like mental skills, you can't have a one-size-fits-all. Um, and I think in today's world, it's, you've got to be really careful. I mean, mental skills, does that mean, you know, um, sticking to your game plan and mental toughness? Does it mean wellness and, you know, mental health? And we live in a COVID bubble. Is that about keeping people fresh and making sure mentally they're on the right track? I think it's, I don't think you can just throw a blanket over it and call it all mental um, health um, with regards to what's going on. And I think that's, yeah, I think you need to be a, a little bit careful and sensitive around using that. However, uh, I'm not dodging the question because, yeah, I think you've seen us lose a lot of close games 
uh, lately, and I don't think it's because of skill. I think we're getting ourselves, I sort of look at it, I think we're getting ourselves into these positions to win, and we're not just getting over the line. So um, whether it's around, you know, quote-unquote mental toughness, or it's our tactical decisions, or it's, you know, an awareness thing, or a... um, uh, what's another word I'm looking for? You know, an actual a connection to what's going on in the game. I'm not sure. Um, uh, I know the players work individually with, um, you know, the the providers that they have. Normally, that's regionalised. But um, yeah, skills are there. I got no doubt about that. Mm. We play pretty well. I mean, to, I mean, you mentioned about India. India's a good side. We beat Australia. I mean, it was a warm up game. Um, yeah, but when the heat's been on in the last couple of months, we just seem to be falling at the last hurdle. Mm. Well, exactly, and that was that was my point. Yeah, the skills are definitely not in question. I mean, we've seen that and seen it in absolute spades. I mean, you know, I don't know what the feeling was in camp after the, that win against Australia. What did you chase down? 326 and lost one wicket and had seven overs in hand. I mean, that was almost, um, it was unbelievable, uh, you know, how many runs uh, we scored in that match and, and, and with so much time up our sleeve. So I don't think the skills is, yeah. is the issue. I'm just trying to figure out where where things do go wrong when when it seems we're in pressure situations, if you like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you, well, you look at that chase against Australia. Um, well, first of all, I mean, it, it basically teams are playing more than 11. You know, bowlers pretty much bowl one spell. Um, you're rotating fielders on and off the whole time because you can play your whole squad. So it's, it's kind of not the white-hot heat of a fixture, you know, on TV with a crowd, under lights, you know, 11 on 11. So it is slightly different, that warm-up game. But, um, you know, in that game we're talking about, I mean, Sophie just went nuts and got 160 off 120 balls, I think it was. Mm. She was kind of set up to do a similar sort of job last night, you know, getting to 90-something, you know, 10 overs to go. We're on 109. No, we're on... Actually, I know, there's 198. And then from that point on, um, we only scored another 30 runs. Mm. So I, I have... You know, I've done a bit of reading and heard a bit of stuff already today around some of the bowling issues from the game last night. Look, we lost the game because we fell 20, 30, maybe even 40 runs short of where we should have got to. And that's the bottom line. And you look at the way the game unfolded and how well our bowlers did to bring us back into it, especially Mila Kerr and Anna Rowe. Um, you know, we, we, if we just had it, I don't like saying it, but if we just had another 15, 20, 30 runs, you know, it's a totally different game. So anyway, that's where I think the game was. Um, the, the the fork in the road for the match was, I think, the back end of our batting. Yeah. Well, what about um, uh, how much work goes into game management for players? I mean, I know that you know when you and Bob send the team out, there's you know your job maybe isn't done done, but there's only a certain man you can do once they're actually out on the field. Uh, I mean. I hope it doesn't happen, but I can I kind of can see that situation where not batting out oh, our fifty or close to our fifty against Australia might bite us in the bum and net run rate at some point uh, down the track. For example, that game. I mean, that that uh, how do those conversations go for you guys when you're setting up the team to go? Hey, look, we're probably not going to win this game, but we need to we need to be there till the end. Um, huge amounts, huge amounts, and I, and I think it should never be underestimated how much talking and planning and analysis and scouting and all those lovely high performance words goes into it. Um, you know, even even in-game management in terms of fielding positions and bowling changes, I'm not saying we're calling the shots from the sideline, but, you know, say a drinks or if a wicket falls and gloves are being run out, there's always messages, going, I should say, going out, but also coming back in terms of the feedback from the players out there in terms of what the pitch is doing, what a likely score is, you know, what they're thinking for bowling changes. So communication's not a problem. Um so I can't fault that. Um, and, and look, there's enough 
the, the, the communication for him and, and the relationship that sports staff have with the players is, is really good. So I don't see an issue there. It's just, you know, sometimes, um, you know, decisions are made out on the field, which you can't question. I mean, I've been a player myself. You just do what's right with the information to hand at the right time. And, you know, what hindsight will tell you if that's been a good or bad decision. Um, you know, and sometimes it goes your way and other times it doesn't. Yeah, um, I mean, so, you know, a lot of, I know you said that you've read and heard a lot about what about last night, and one of the things that I've picked up is a lot of people um, asking about, you know, having Frankie um, bowl the last over um, and whether that was the right decision. It's it's easy to make that in hindsight, and I looked at that and went, well, you obviously had Leah had a over up her sleeve, so that to me says you're just trying to take the pace off the ball and make it harder for them to score. Was that kind of the decision around that? Uh, how do I answer that one? Um, we, you know, we haven't had our proper review yet. Um, we, we sort of had a couple of discussion groups around the whole, the whole team, obviously. But then we have a, um, a leadership or a senior players group with Sophie, obviously as captain, and, and two former captains, and Susie and Amy, where we, um, the coaching staff, go through with a, a little bit fine tooth comb around some of those decisions. So, so less about how the game panned out than actually we dig a bit deeper with those three players. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we'll get into those, you know, those conversations with them um, around, you know, why this and why not that. And it's not always negative slash constructive. It's also like, hey, bloody good idea with that field placement or that bowling change. And I think it'll be a really healthy conversation when it comes to that. You know, I think off the top of my head, I think Frankie had already bowled five overs leading into that last over. And, man, that's a big spell for any bowler at that at the end of an innings, especially if you're a spinner where... Let's be honest, anyone can close their eyes and swing hard and get away against a spinner. So I know Leah had one more. I know Jess Kerr had only bowled seven overs for 23. She she had overs up her sleeve. So um, I don't think we were short on options. Um, and there would have been 100%, there would have been reasons and, and um, theory for bowling Frankie at that point. She'd actually done pretty well. She'd taken a couple of wickets. She'd only gone for single figures. Um, but as I said before, around hindsight, um, you know, it, you know, it would have been nice to have seen maybe Jess Kerr with her slower balls have a go as well. So we'll get into those conversations with, with Sophie and the group later on today. Yeah, well, we shouldn't just talk about, you know, uh, what we didn't do right. We should applaud the South Africans, I think, to an extent as well, Jacob, because I, I'm... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but coming into the tournament, all the talk was about us, Australia, England, India, as the four teams to beat. And I didn't hear any noise about South Africa. How uh, how surprised have you been about their form? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I, I think um, I think they were always in the running. I mean, there's some stat around them winning their last six or seven bilateral series, um, which means they obviously haven't played Australia because Australia basically, <laughs> I think, won 29 out of their last 30 games. So. Um, but they're they're a good side, and you know what? They're an experienced side. When you go up and down their roster, they've got players who are playing in multiple World Cups, as do we, to be fair. But we've kind of got both ends of the spectrum. We've got, you know, the likes of Susie, Sophie, Amy, Katie Martin, you know, Leah Tohu, and then the other end, which you know we've probably got half a dozen girls playing in the first World Cup. So, so that is a very good side, very experienced. What I like about them the most, and I thought it even before last night's game, was they they just. They're quite um, uh, clinical and, and very structured in the way they play. And sometimes that can be a, a negative thing. But I think when you know your role and this is my job and I just stick to it and um, almost robotic in a way, and I don't want that to be a negative slant, is that it's just they do their jobs really well. Um, they've got damn good bowling. Um, you know, their opening bowling attack, I think, is probably the best in the competition in Ishmael and, and Camp. And, 
Um, so they're a good side. I'm not surprised. I mean, will they go all the way? I don't know. Potentially, they're in a semis already, so they've got a damn good chance. Yeah, they do. Uh, England is our next opponent, of course. Must win for both teams. Um, at least most win a must win for both teams. Uh, England come into this obviously as as one of the favourites. I think they were second favourite when the tournament opened. Uh, so, uh, what do you think's gone wrong for them, and what what do you got? What will you guys be sort of uh, looking at in terms of weaknesses for, that you can attack uh, with them on Sunday? Uh What's gone wrong for England? Look, I, I mean, first of all, they they played Australia, who was setting the pace, um, and that was a high scoring, you know, close loss. I mean, they they ended up getting really close to three hundred themselves. So, and I know they've had, you know, they lost to the West Indies, which as did we. So, um, uh, they've also got to play off the top of my head. I think they've also got the two, um, I suppose, lighter opponents in Pakistan and Bangladesh to come as well. So you would think if they beat them, they're they're almost in a similar position to us. So. It comes down to just, you know, as I said right at the start, it's a must-win game for us. It's it's an eliminator for whoever loses that match um, in terms of their weaknesses. We've played them a lot over the last couple of years. They've toured here, we've toured there. So I think over the last 12 months, we've probably played them eight or nine one-dayers and only won a couple. So we are not on the right side of the ledger, which means, A, they've had the better of us, but B, and this is the thing we've got to focus on, is that we've seen them enough times now that we... We should be aware of what they're bringing to the table and we should be confident in trying to work out our plan to overcome that. So um, we've touched on it previously. We do a hell of a lot of talking and planning and whatnot. That'll go on the same way. We'll focus on what we've been doing well. Um, you know, let's not forget, we fought our way back into the match yesterday through some great spells with Kerr and Rowe. Um, and, you know, I thought we were going to win last time. We got to those last couple of overs, so... We're pretty bloody close, and if we turn out the same performance with a little bit of that mental edge that maybe we discussed as well, then Sunday should be a good day. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, mate. And uh, obviously, SCNZ's got all the live commentary of all the White Ferns games as well here, mate. So uh, want want the team to do well and wish you all the best, Jacob. I know it's uh, difficult to come and chat uh, on radio in these sort of circumstances when you're coming off a tough loss like that. So I really appreciate appreciate you doing so and appreciate your time. And best of luck to you and the squad for, for England on Sunday, eh? Thanks, I appreciate it. And, and yeah, it's it's not nice to lose. Um, it's not an effort thing going on here, but we are we are missing some crucial moments in the game, and I think that's 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 the disappointing thing is that I can I can see our players being good enough to be better than what they are, and we've just got to try as a coach group ensure that they believe that as well, and, and we'll we'll come out okay, you know. And it's um, uh, yeah, let's just hope it's a great day on Sunday for for New Zealand cricket. Indeed, indeed. Good stuff. Thanks very much, Jacob. Jacob Borum there with us, the uh, bowling coach for the White Ferns. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.